0: Everybody, Welcome to a Friday episode, Tim. We did it. We made it back to Friday. I went to bed thinking, I don't know, maybe we'll do an episode today. Maybe we won't. What a night of hockey. Holy moly. It was action-packed. There was lots of stuff going on. Obviously, we had the Jack Eichel debacle. There was a ton of great games, lots of games going to overtime. As you see in this time of year, teams buckle down with the three points up for grabs every single night. There's lots of games going into overtime. What a night. It was an absolutely great night of hockey. There was a potential Stanley Cup final with the Colorado Avalanche and the Carolina Hurricanes that did not disappoint. Nail nail biter all the way down to the end. Some controversy. We'll we'll get into that in a little bit. But just a lot of great games. A lot of stuff to talk about. Did you did you did you see any of it, Tim? Or were you out on the town with all your girls? A little bit of both, but suspense, Ooh.
1: drama, intrigue. And then hockey was pretty cool, too. No, just kidding. Um, It was good. I I caught the end of the Bruins game, which was a lot Mm. of fun. Pasta scored with like 18 seconds
0: left, something like that. What are the Hawks doing in that situation? It's it's unbelievable. You have a face-off in your zone. You're the Blackhawks. You win the draw. Yeah. And you don't get the puck out or you don't eat the puck on the boards or you know, go D to D with it behind the net. You end up having your defenseman and the centerman falling down in the corner, and you leave Pasternak Pasternak alone in front of the net. It's crazy. It's like, look, eh, yeah, it, it, that's how to lose a game one one. Connor Murphy in front of the net just falls down as the puck bounces it was over a, a, stick. a wacky bouncing puck though. Like he went for it, just it was wacky. But you got to be better. Like you have to be better in that situation. I'm sorry, but yes, that was just the tip of the iceberg, Tim. When it came to games, like it was just incredible. Should we get into it? Or do you want, is there anything else you want to share? No, let's get into it. All right. Well, cause you got to go to the DMV later. We got to make sure you get, you get out of a decent hour. Are you, are you changing your license over to uh, North Carolina license and license plate? I think so. You're so responsible. Mm, Yeah.
1: It's just going to, you are, I have an appointment. So hopefully it's like not that bad. You know what I mean? I won't have to wait long and just get right in and out. That's what I'm hoping, but who knows?
0: It's never easy at the DMV, Tim. Never. That's why I don't change anything. I moved two years ago. I still have my old address on my license. I don't, no, I don't got time for that. I sure. wouldn't really care except my license expires this year anyway. So might as well just go do it. Mine. I got to get into mine too. There's lots to do. There's not enough time in the day to get everything done. You know what I mean? But there's time for this show. Jack Geico, let's go. As the Eichel turns, he he made his triumphant return to Buffalo. You and I made our projections. Your prediction came true. I thought Vegas was going to come out, rally behind Jack. Much like in basketball, Ben Simmons returned to Philadelphia. I don't know if you saw that. The fans booed Ben Simmons. The Brooklyn Nets went out and just destroyed the Philadelphia 76ers. Like, just absolutely took them behind the woodshed. I thought the same thing was going to happen with the Vegas Golden Knights. I thought they were going to go out there. They were just going to pour it on versus a Buffalo Sabres team that has no business competing with these Vegas Golden Knights. When you look at the rosters, the Knights, even missing Mark Stone, even missing Pacioretty, they they have them in spades and talent. But that's why they play the game, Tim. That's why you line them up. That's why you play 60. It didn't go as I thought. The Buffalo Sabres absolutely worked the Vegas Golden Knights up and down the ice, and their acquisitions. Kevin Adams must have just been grinning from ear to ear watching this game is because Peyton Krebs, Alex Tuck, both buried. Jack Eichel, dash one. Average game, not a superstar game, not a $10 million game by any means. It, how happy do you think Kevin Adams was after that game?
1: Very happy. Between the booze. Winning, Eichel not producing, Krebs and Tuck scoring like you said. I think he was feeling pretty good. I don't expect that feeling to last. I think he's still going to lose in the long run. But last night was a good night for for Kevin Adams, Pagulas, the Sabers, Buffalo, everything. So I so think. I,
0: I agree. I nailed a couple of my predictions. I said yes, video tribute because people love doing video tributes, and of course they had one at the first uh, TV timeout in the first period. I nailed that. Ding ding ding! A winner, 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 chicken dinner. I nailed the booze. He got booed. There was smattering of cheers. But for the most part, every time he touched a puck, every time he stepped on the ice, the fans gave it to him there. I love the one sign. It was right on the boards. It says, Hey, Jack, thanks for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it was just fantastic. And the guy was wearing a John Scott jersey, which I really appreciated. So it. So it was, it was a great deal all around. I knew he was going to get booed. I knew it. I felt it in my bones. You thought he was going to get cheered. Is that just you? You're an ever optimist. Is that what it is? I'm a pessimist at heart. Did you just it, see you always like the good gushy feely guys?
1: It could be. I just expected the people to side with the players over the the man, the management, the leadership, the the elite owners of the league. So I thought maybe they would be like, "Hey, let him do what he wants." His body type of thing, and. Yeah, they weren't happy with Eichel, so he's, he's out of town. He comes back, and he comes back to the which surprised
0: me a little bit. The booze were intense every time he touched a puck. So after the game, Jack obviously gets microphones thrown in his face. He's doing the post-game presser, and he comes up with this little quote. He said, that's the loudest I've ever heard the building. It was nice to hear. After seven years of playing here, they finally got something to cheer for. And he goes on. He said, maybe they were booing because they wish I was still playing there. And it went on and on. A little salty, Jack Eichel. A little, you know, a little butthurt. What did you think of his comments? Do you like that, that he's making those comments? Or I'll give you my opinion after. I want to hear yours. You're ever the optimist. You probably loved it, right? You you love his pushback.
1: I loved it. I'm watching it right now. And just like his... His face too. It's like a little coy smirk. It's just like he knows exactly what he's doing, and it's a it's a little bit of slander back to Buffalo, where he's got the microphone in his in his hand in his face, and he gets to after being booed on night send it back their way. So I liked it. Yeah, I loved it. He's a but wiener. I guess
0: you didn't like it. Well, listen, it it, it pings of I'm a spoiled brat. It, it pings of like I didn't get my way, so I'm gonna I'm upset now. So I'm going to throw a little hissy fit. It's like, just, you know what I really would have liked to see? I would have liked to see him take it like a man. You know what that means to take it like a man, do the right thing, be humble, accept the loss and say, you know what? These fans have a right to boo. The situation didn't go the way anybody wanted it to go. And I had a good time in Buffalo, but you know, I've moved on to Vegas, take it like a man, do the right thing. No, 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 no. He's got to get his two cents in there. He just lost. He feels bad. They should cheer me. They should carry me around the stadium because I'm Jack Eichel. Jack, you were there for seven years. You didn't do squat. They don't deserve. They don't. You don't deserve anything by these fans. You walked out on five years, $50 million because you didn't agree with the team about your surgery. Rightfully so. Then you asked for a trade and you did this whole thing in the media. You absolutely just cratered your trade value. If you really wanted to be traded, you should have shut your mouth and let the GM do his job. But instead, you went, got your agent to talk. You switched agents, this and that. You're in the media. You were just a huge distraction to the whole situation. And then before the game, you're saying, oh, yeah, you know what? We're good. Everything's good. I love the fans. I love the coaches. I love the, I love the owners. I love everybody. And then you lose, and a couple fans boo, and you of a sudden, you know what, I hate this team. Man, they, they never cheered for seven years. There's a lot of stuff I've ever heard. You're so petty, it's disgusting, Jack Eichel. I didn't like it. I, I used to like Jack. I thought he was a cool guy. You know, This just pings of entitlement, it pings of just pettiness. I don't like that. I think you should have stepped up. You're a professional athlete. You get booed. It happens. I got booed lots of times. Lots of people hate me. You never saw me say, you know what? Those fans don't, they don't, they don't get to boo me. It's not allowed. Yeah. I didn't like it. I think it's, I think he's, he's acting like a little baby, little baby, Jack Eichel. The next time he goes there, they throw pacifiers at him. The best thing was the game was over. They lost three to one. Someone threw a Jack Eichel Jersey on the ice. Love that. Didn't see fa- that. Yeah. Fans get to do that. You're allowed to do that. You walked out on your team. That's their, that's their mindset. You know what I mean? And they're allowed to voice their opinion. They pay for your salary, Jack Eichel. You cannot forget that. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. Always, always just be nice to the fans. Any, any, anything else about this game that you want to touch on, Tim? No, let's
1: move on. There's lots of games to cover. From I just
0: time. want to touch on one fact. The Vegas Golden Knights are in big trouble. I'm saying it right now. I said it last episode. If they don't get their act together, they could quickly be on the outside looking in. They need to be very, very careful. They're grateful right now they're in the Pacific Division. If they were in any other division, any other conference, they would not be in the playoffs. They sit at 68 points right now. The only reason they're in a playoff spot is because everybody else in the Pacific is terrible. Edmonton's scuttling. If Vancouver gets on their horse and keeps playing like they do, Vancouver will be in the playoffs and the Vegas Golden Knights will not. I'm predicting it right now. They are not playing good. We saw that Robin Laner; he's injured. He's out of the game. All their top guys are out. This Jack Eichel thing doesn't seem to be working like they thought it would. They're not gelling. They're not playing like they should. It would not surprise me at the end of the year, and people would have called me crazy. Anybody would have said this is crazy beginning of the season. If you look at the end of the season, and Edmonton and Vegas are not in the playoffs. In a terrible Pacific division, those two teams somehow – blew the year couldn't cobble together wins the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights are not in the playoffs and you look up in the top three teams in the Pacific are Calgary LA and Vancouver because you know the two wild cards aren't going to the Pacific because they're so bad those are going to be in the the central it's going to be Nashville and Dallas Dallas has been playing great Nashville's been piling up wins so those are the two wild card teams so it's just they better get their act together Tim or else they're going to look up, and there's five games left, and they're four points out, and they're not going to be able to make up any ground. Moving on. Lots to talk about, like you said. I just want to touch on. There was a game. The Detroit Red Wings love giving up goals. We saw that. You know, they gave up six last night. If they don't give up five goals, it's a bad game for them. It was an entertaining game. There was... They played the Minnesota Wild. Obviously, Minnesota won in the overtime. It was a very exciting game. There was almost a goalie fight. Did you see any of this game, Tim? It was so intense. Pete Blackburn tweeted on. He's like, these refs should be shot into the sun because why would you break up a goalie fight? Friend of the show, Alex Nedeljkovic, he had himself a rough night. He let in a goal from center, a little flippity-floppity. He went to clear it aside. He threw it in his own net, and he's trying to get at Cam Talbot. Who's no stranger to a goalie fight. The guy's been in a goalie fight before Alex does the epic mask throw hair flip. Like he's Hunter Hearst Helmsley coming off the top rope. He wants to go and the refs get in the way. What is going on with the refs these days? Why are they not letting these goalies fight him? Is it because they don't like violence? You're not a violent guy. Did you enjoy that? The goalies didn't fight. Probably no one got hurt. I love a good goalie
1: fight. I love a good goalie fight. And I think with a lot in the joke of Nejokovics, it's so probably some blowing off some steam, some stress release there because you've hit up a lot of goals lately. We talked about that the other day. Six again last night, not all on him, but and then you got that um that that puck that he he got cocky with it. That's what it was. It's bouncing towards him. He tries to just like smack it with his stick and it goes off the back of it between his legs into the net. And that was just like, probably, it's embarrassing. There's no other way to describe it. Like, that, you should be embarrassed by that goal you let in. It's not like some crazy bounce that you played right, nothing you could do. Like, you got cocky with it. And and so, yeah, um, Talbot comes down the length of the ICCs, Najelkovich getting into it with someone, and he wants to go at it, and the refs don't let it happen. I think I agree with Pete. Send him into the sun. Get him out of here. Let 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 the boys play.
0: Let them fight. I love the intensity. I I said it, I think it was last week. I love this time of year. I absolutely love it. Detroit has no business even being in that situation there. You know, they have nothing to play for, but that's what you get. You got a young group of guys. You saw them out there. Even Dylan Larkin got his nose in there and was going after Marcus Foligno. Like, what is he doing going after Marcus Foligno? It's great. Minnesota ended up getting the win, which they desperately needed. They've been in a funk like nobody's business or four and six in the last 10. I think they lost five or six in a row. Even before that game, they've won two in a row. Finally, they, they've turned the corner because Dallas is breathing down their neck. Nashville's breathing down their neck. It's, uh, it was a good win for the Minnesota Wild. Hopefully they can continue these ways. But, man, if the Detroit Red Wings had any kind of defensive system, any kind of goaltender, they would be a good team. They score. That's the thing. They're giving up all these goals. They're scoring a lot of goals too lately. So they need to figure that out. They'll be good next year. But it was just a fun game. Out of nowhere, Minnesota Wild, Detroit Red Wings, who knew? The Red Wings are all of a sudden must watch hockey because it's going to be action-packed the whole night. You're going to get big hits out of Mo Sider and Tyler Bertuzzi. You're going to get goals. You're going to give up goals. It's going to be always something to watch at. I, I went to lunch with a guy. He took his daughter to the game when they lost 10-7. to 7. He's like, my daughter didn't want to go. She went as a favor to me. And now she loves hockey because she saw 17 goals and a bunch of hits, and it was fantastic. So it's, it's good hockey to watch the Detroit Red Wings right now. It, they, what, what can you do? They give up a ton of goals. And they score a ton of goals. What else? What more do you want, fans? What more do you want? All right, moving on. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Their kryptonite is the Arizona Coyotes for whatever reason. I saw a nice meme It was every time the Coyotes play the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's just, it it showed when Crosby played his thousandth game and everybody was wearing a Crosby jersey. and It was like (laughs) 20 Crosby stepping on the ice. He's like, this is the Arizona Coyotes every time they play Toronto. There's like a 20 Crosby's playing against them because they have their number. I don't know, for whatever reason, the Leafs cannot beat the Arizona Coyotes. And it played out again last night. Coyotes won five to four in overtime. Very controversial ending. Did you see this overtime goal? I what did, did
1: second say? time this week that we've had this, the refs kind of keep their whistles in their pocket and impacting the uh, end of the game, which I think is a big conversation right now. Maybe that's mm-hmm. something we don't want to get into, but Matthew's every, every right to be pissed about that.
0: You think so? Yeah. yeah you yeah. think he's mad at himself? You think maybe he could have done something different?
1: <sighs> I mean, maybe, but. I, I it's a it penalty.
0: Was, it's a penalty. Don't get me wrong. It's a yeah, penalty. Yeah. Jacob Chitrin puts his arm out. If that's in the first period. That's an interference call, without a doubt. It's overtime. Refs, refs never want to decide a game. And during that game, they, they were letting things go. They were letting things go the whole entire game. Hyman got held early in the game. Matthews got hooked early in the game. They, they were doing it to the Coyotes, too. It was, it was a very slow game as far as penalties go. So I can see the refs keeping the whistle in their pocket. I can see why Matthews is upset. What I don't like is his reaction to this. If you want to complain, complain after the whistle. This is overtime. You can't just all of a sudden feel a guy's arm across your waist, expect a call, and then when you don't see it, just react that way and throw your hands up and look at the ref and go, what? And stop playing. You cannot stop playing. You give up a two-on-one, chitrin beats you in the net, and then the game's over. And then you go and break the ref. You need to play to the whistle. You have to fight through that. Wait till the play's done. It's it was a harmless play. It would have been a two on two. He he still could have won the battle of the puck. It is indicative of his mentality. Do you think Patrice Bergeron would have done that? No, no. What if what was Patrice? What what would Patrice would have done? He wouldn't have created that turnover in the
1: first place. But exactly, he gets at, he's getting. But back. if it's
0: it's a race for the puck, he gets held up a little bit. What does he do?
1: he makes the play and if he doesn't if he gets hooked up or whatever he's rushing back he's not looking around for a call and he's probably creating that turnover
0: back the other way before they even hit the blue line it's it's ex- exactly right he stays with Chichar and it's a 2-1-2 it's a nothing play you know they throw it in goaltender saves it and they move on it's indicative of the type of player Austin Matthews is and the type of player a lot of these young kids are now they expect something and when they don't get it they throw a hissy fit and i know i'm just maybe Lobbing in grenades now and like people, kids are this these days. Nowadays, back in my day, they wouldn't have done that. They would have done it back in my day. Some people just expect penalties, and when things don't go their way, they react instead of keep playing. Austin needs to get over this. They don't call these types of penalties in the playoffs, they don't call these types of penalties in overtime. The refs don't want to be the deciding factor in a game. They talk about it. I've talked to refs about this. They let you play. That's why in the playoffs, Penalties go way down. It's a nature of the beast. If he can't figure that out, how many years into his career, I don't know what else. I don't know what else you can do. Like he's not going to win a Stanley Cup if he thinks that he's going to get that call every single time a guy puts his arm across his waist. He's not going to get it. You're not going to get it in a 4-4 game versus Arizona in the regular season. You're not going to get in the playoffs at all. Like this is you have to understand that. And the fact that he's raises his hands up and whines like a little baby. No. You you talk to the ref afterward. You be a man. You say, "Hey, man, like that's an interference call, right?" And the ref's like, "Yeah, maybe, but it's overtime. There's a minute and a half left. I I didn't want to decide the game like that." And you accept it and you move on. You know what I mean? You don't whine and cry and cost your team one point. So I blame Austin Matthews. He should have battled through it. And it is what it is. You have to control your emotions out there. You're one of the key players in the NHL. You can't be whining and banging your stick. Do what Gabe Landeskog did. I like what Gabe Landeskog did. Let's let's unless you have anything else with the Leafs. I want to go back to them, but I want to just push on Gabe Landeskog real quick. Do you got anything? No, I'll come back with you. Okay. So Landeskog was upset at the refs as well last night. They lost to the Carolina Hurricanes. Stanley cup final preview, potentially the last two to nothing. It was a zero, zero game going into third period late in the third period. It was a very highly contested games game. They had two old school, old school refs, Wes McCauley and TJ. I don't know his last name. Very old school refs. They let the boys play. Not a lot of penalties. They love that physical style of game. I love these refs. Anyways, there's five, six minutes left. What was it? Cadre potentially was going to get high stuck. No call. Carolina goes in. They score. Ethan Bear gets the game winner. Landeskog doesn't complain. After the game, he gets up to the podium like a good captain should. He calls out the refs. He says, I'm the one looking like an idiot for getting thrown out of the game tonight, even though I'm just being honest. I guess TJ didn't like that I said he had a tough night. So he's not making a big show of it on the ice. He knew they blew the call. He didn't go out and just make a mockery of the game and make himself look dumb by screaming and yelling like a baby. He does it after the game. He calls them out. He knew they should have, you know, not maybe, maybe made a call there, but he, he was right on. And you know what else he said? He stuck up for Nazim Qadri. And I like this. I like a captain doing this because Qadri maybe deserved a few calls against him. Kadri has a reputation. He's in the same ilk as the Tom Wilson's of the world, the Brad Marchand's of the world. These guys who are really, really elite hockey players, they go out, they produce, but maybe they play the game on the line and they step over the line a little bit. He's been suspended in the playoffs. We've documented that many, many times. The guy plays hard. Because of that, he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt a lot of the time when there's a scrum, when there's a battle for a puck. Maybe he deserves to get a penalty, or um, he deserves to draw a penalty, and the refs won't call it because they just don't like Nazim. He talks a lot. He's always in your face. He's just a very intense human being. I like what Landeskog did. He went up to the podium. He said, Nazim doesn't get the calls because of his reputation. He is setting the stage for the playoffs with these referees. He is just prepping them. He's like... I need this to happen. You guys aren't giving this guy the penalties that he deserves. I know. Did you like what he said? I think it was a very smart way to go about it. Being a captain of an NHL hockey team, Gabe Landeskog he even said himself, I've been in the league for 11 years. I never complained about the refs, but this is a problem. That's
1: the part that I liked when he, when he isn't one who complains all the time, when someone who's usually quiet, speaks up, you know, it's okay. It's time to listen. There are a few other guys in the league. You just mentioned Bergeron. If he's going to go out and complain about the refs, you know there's something was really wrong in that situation. And I think probably more than more than trying to impact the game, which we know he wasn't since he spoke after the game, was maybe just a little bit of protection in the way that penalties and or the game gets called around Kadri. He feels like maybe because of his reputation, because of his past, he's not getting the calls that he should be getting, and he wants that to change. So maybe next time they play, next time these guys ref and abs game, they get, a, they get a call back going their way. And that's probably just the way it all works out, which is fine. And I, and like, I agree, like you said, it's, he didn't do it in a whiny way. He didn't do it in a way that looked like a tantrum. He was quiet, professional, polished, clean, well-spoken. And, and um, yeah, he's, I, I like that too.
0: Yeah, contrast to, to Austin Matthews screaming and cussing out a referee and like making a whole show of it, like waving his arms around like one of those wind dummies out in front of a car shop, used car sales. Like it, it's just, I don't want to say embarrassing, but it doesn't look good. And then so if he does go in front of the podium and complains more, it doesn't have the same effect. It does not have the same effect that he's going to want it to have. So he needs to learn from Gabe Landeskog. I like Landeskog. I think he's a really good captain. He's one of the top captains in the league right now. If I was a a, a young guy trying to mold my game after somebody, I would mold it after Gabriel Landeskog. I really, really like him. All right, going back to the Leafs game. I saw a tweet from Ryan Whitney. I was all over Twitter last night, tearing it up. The Leafs have given up 50 goals in 11 games, 5-0 in 11 games. That's almost five goals a game. That's a a problem. Jack Campbell just went on the, um, not the IR, but he's day-to-day, week-to-week with a rib injury. Is this an issue, Tim? I said it wasn't an issue. I think Jack is the guy. Am I wrong? Am I totally wrong?
1: Yeah, well, it's an issue now because campbell's out mrazic started the game he looked terrible did you see that slow motion goal last
0: night oh my gosh i've never seen a goal like that in my whole life <laughs> no I've one been watching this. It never happened in time. our time it was you could have timed that puck with a sundial it was going so slow every defenseman just skated right it was unbelievable what was mrazic doing
1: it was so it was so like, weird like that's going to be all over the internet, not even hockey related. That's going to be on the front page of like Reddit and whatever news channels. It's like, watch this hockey goal that happened last night. You won't
0: believe it. And then Mrazek throws his stick at it, like just giving up. He could have stood up, skated over, and stopped and still stopped the puck. I, it was remarkable how, like, that was so comical. But yeah. In the, in the
1: stat sheet today, though, next day, Chitron has two goals. That's all, that's all you see. You don't see how it happened.
0: No, they don't ask how. His trade market is just through the roof. He's a he's a good defenseman. Gets the game winner in overtime. Somebody, yeah. Well, yeah, he had two goals last night. Game winner and then that snipe. I don't know. I, I think Mrazic is not the answer as, as a backup. He's He's hot garbage. He hasn't been good all season. That experiment has failed. I still think Jack Campbell can be the guy for you, but you need to get someone else. If you're Toronto you need to bring someone else in to instill that confidence in your team and Jack Campbell and the coach to where if maybe Jack gets hurt again, if he's not playing up to snuff, like I said, he's not a starting goaltender. He isn't used to playing this many games. You need to get someone in who you can rely on. And Peter Mrazek is not that guy. He has not worked out in Toronto. He has not played well. I don't know who that guy is. Maybe it's a Varlamov. Maybe he didn't want to go to Edmonton. You send him to Toronto. Maybe it's a Holpie. Maybe it's not a flurry. He's too expensive. They need to figure something out, and they need to figure something out. There's Forsberg in Ottawa who's playing fairly well. There's there's goaltenders out there who they can go and get. But, man, with Jack Campbell being out a couple of weeks, can you go all in on a guy who has been on a cold stretch, played one good game versus Seattle, which everybody plays good versus Seattle, misses two weeks, back for a week, and then the playoffs start? <sighs> You're banking. You're putting all your cookies in that basket. I I don't think that's a good uh, that's a good call. If I'm Kyle Dubas, he he needs to make something happen. And Muzzin's coming back, so they're going to lose that salary cap little leeway they thought they were going to have. Not good, Tim. Not good at all. Any anything else in the Leafs situation there? Uh, no, no. Good game. All man. right, let's throw in a DoorDash ad. DoorDash. Everybody eats food. You guys should go and use them. Promo code GlovesDD, GlovesDDUS if you're in the USA. DoorDash, I love him. You love him, Tim. You get 25% off, free delivery. DoorDash. All right. Hurdle had an unbelievable OT winner last night. You were probably sleeping. Everybody else was sleeping. It was San Jose versus LA. San Jose was down by a few goals. Nice nice comeback. Good story for San Jose. Well, what 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 a beautiful goal by Thomas Hurdle. I don't know if you've seen it. I don't think a lot of people have seen it, but it was just it was a thing of beauty. He picks the puck up in the neutral zone, comes in, cuts across. He could have scored twice. He does a beautiful fake shot, backhand toe drag, quick bites, absolutely. He has a wide open net, but he doesn't have the puck totally under control. It's a little bit up far in front of him. So instead of panicking and throwing a haphazard shot on net, he wraps it around wow. nice and classy. It was a beautiful goal. Like it was absolutely, it was a stunning goal.
1: I'm just seeing it now for the first time. That's like a old-school patient goal. They oh. used to from the guys in like the 80s and 90s and stuff where they hold on to the puck forever, and it looks easy because the goal is way out of position, but it doesn't happen that often anymore. And now he's that was really beautiful.
0: It was it was a great goal. If, if, if I'm a GM, man, I'm trying to get this guy. I'm trying to sign him long-term. You can get him for, I, I bet you, under market value because not a lot of people know about him. And maybe That's his value true. isn't as... I don't know. I don't think he signs for as much as he would have signed for if he's playing in Boston. Yeah, maybe. You know, just because he's an unknown commodity. He's been playing in San Jose. They had a couple good runs with him, but he is a a fantastic hockey player. He is one of the top 30 players in the NHL, in my opinion. He's a really good hockey player. You put him on a line, you put him on a team, and you just let him go. He's, He's a huge human being. He's like a slightly, slightly... Worse, Yarmou Yager. I think Yager's here, and Hurdle's a couple steps below him. But he's he's the same type of player. Big-bodied, really good with the puck, very patient, and just, I don't know, I like myself some Thomas Hurdle. If I'm a GM, I'm trying to get him. He's my 1A right now. He's so
1: good. I, I, I go back and forth on this, but I think I, I take Miller, just slightly above Hurdle, but they're close.
0: They're both so good. I think Hurdle is better offensively. Maybe JT maybe has a little more compete level, kills penalties a little bit better, but yeah. You can't go wrong with either. Maybe I would take JT over Hurdle as well, now that I think about it. JT. (laughs) Plus, his name is JT. I love Justin Timberlake. I've always been a Justin Timberlake fan, so that helps. All right. There was a signing. There's one defenseman off the market. He was going to be UFA this offseason. Risto, friend of the show. Risto Ristalainen. Got a pretty good dollar amount, 5.1 Schmill. That's not a bad deal for him considering the seasons he's had coming from Buffalo, he's not having a strong season with Philadelphia right now. And he signs a five-year, $5.1 million deal with the Philadelphia Flyers. Is this a bad deal for the Philadelphia Flyers? Is this, is this a stretch for Chuck Fletcher to pull the trigger on this guy with this much money at that long of a term?
1: It depends. I, I don't know what his like future vision is Fletcher. I mean, like I don't know where he's taking this team in the next year or two right now. They're sort of in no man's land. And I don't, I don't know. Risto, we thought was going to have a big season coming out of Buffalo, getting out of a, a tough team, tough situation, going to a team that we thought was going to take a big step forward this year with all the, the, the moves they made. We thought Risto would be like running the second power play, putting up 40 points, delivering big hits, getting a couple goals, whatever. And he really hasn't done any of that. He's got 14 points in 50 games, he's dashed 10. He's just, you know, I, it's so it's kind of surprising. We did see a couple of things last night on Twitter about, um, his physicality and, and is, is really the biggest reason why they did this and they want to be harder to play against. They feel that he contributes to that. So that makes sense. But there's also kind of all these rumors floating around last night too, to do with Provorov and Sanheim, those other two defensemen, you know, on the market supposedly for Philadelphia, but I guess there's a, there's a misconnection. There's not much love between Provorov and the organization right now. He's underperformed. I feel like he's been, Maybe he feels like he hasn't been put in the right situation. He wants out of town. So I think Provorov and or Sandheim could likely get traded. But now Risto is what, your number one defenseman
0: going forward? Apparently, I don't know. It's, um, it's a strange signing, to say the least. He's a very similar type player as Provorov. I think Provorov is better. You know, yeah, Provorov, in my opinion, left side. yes, more offensive upside. He's still a big body. He's 6'1", 200 pounds. He throws his body around a little bit. He was your first round pick. In 2015, this is a guy you wanted to build your team around. It's not like he's absolutely failed offensively. It's not like he's a bad defenseman. He came out of the gates flying his first few years. He was a point every other game guy. He's he slowed down a little bit. This year he's not having a great year. But boy, neither is Risto. You're giving him five point one million dollars over five years. You're really putting you're really giving him, you know, a lot of money. And you're you're just basically losing the leverage you had. By getting Giroux off the books, you're losing Giroux 8 million bucks and you just give it to Risto pretty much. So I don't, I don't know. I if saw these, what's that?
1: I saw a great tweet last night that said, if Risto, Risto lining can get five years of 5.1, then you can go talk to that hot girl at the bar.
0: Yeah. Right. Anything's possible. Anything's Anything, possible. Believe in yourself. So uh, I, Listen, Risto's a great defenseman. Don't get me wrong. He's a huge body defenseman. He's like 6'4", 230 pounds. He puts up decent points. He he does everything good. He doesn't do anything great. He's that physical defenseman that everybody loves to have. But if you're paying $5.1 million for that, I don't know. He's not your first power play guy. He can't be. It's just – it seems like a stretch to me. I know they didn't maybe want to lose that – they, they traded the first round for Rhys Delainen and maybe they didn't want to give up on him just yet because they knew they weren't going to get a first rounder for him this year. If they traded him because he's just, he's having a bad year. So I don't know. We'll see how it pans out. It could be a great contract. It could be just a terrible contract. We'll see. This definitely makes Bravarov a movable commodity at this point. And I, again, if I'm a GM, I'm looking at this situation. I like Ivan. I think he's a good defenseman. I'm going after him or Chitrin. Those are two young defensemen I can build my teams around at this point. It's amazing how GMs are giving up on these guys. You would never have guessed five years ago, GMs would give up on cornerstones of your team. The, the fact that Jacob Chitrin is on the market and Ivan Provarov, it's remarkable. That would never have happened 10 years ago. It just shows how teams don't value just really good defensemen anymore. They want high-scoring power. They want wingers and centermen and guys who can get up and down the ice and score goals. It's just it's pretty interesting. All right, moving on. Back to the Buffalo game. Craig Anderson gets his 300 win. Tim. That's, that's a pretty big deal. I was looking up all-time goaltender wins. He's 38th all-time, and he's marching up the list. He could be top 33 by the end of the season. Tuca, I was amazed – only has three hundred and eight. I thought he'd be way way higher on the list with the teams he's played on with Buffalo or Boston, excuse me. But pretty cool story. Craig Anderson, forty I'm years always old. Always
1: like Craig Anderson.
0: Meet. Do you remember when I said he was better than Carey Price a few years back?
1: <laughs> yeah, I tried to block it
0: out, but I remember. I try, I still believe that. Stop it. I, I Stop. still Craig Anderson on his game was one of the best goaltenders. You could ask for. It. He was so incredibly good. He's so big. He's so calm. He covers a lot of the net. He's just a good goaltender. So I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the Sabres. That was a good night in Buffalo last night. It really was. The fans are rocking. They shoved it up Jack's little behind. It was a good night for the Buffalo Sabres. All right. It was also a good night for Jonathan Huberto. Who eats him? This guy is just on fuego right now. Four points. Leads the league. Would you have ever guessed this guy is the league leader in ports? Points, why is no one talking about him for MVP? They're talking about Shashirskin, they're talking about Matthews, they're recently talking about a couple other players, Kale McCarr. Why does Huberto get absolutely no love from anybody?
1: I I don't know, I don't know. Um, you know, now Johnny Gaudreau's name's being thrown around there as well. He's he scored a hat trick last night, but Jonathan Huberdeau leading the league in points. You got to be in the conversation at that point. I just don't think his game is as complete as some of the other players in that conversation. Matthews, for example, I think Matthews has a more well-rounded game than, than Huberdale. In but, what way? Uh, two-way play. Are you crazy? You no, you're crazy. And I listen. I think I forget uh, uh, Mike Kelly, who's like one of the stats guys for TSN. Has been tweeting out the last couple of weeks. I'll have to pull it out. I'm, I'm gonna make my case next week and and like bring this to you because I have I, I can't do it off the top of my head. But Matthews, I think, is one of the best le- forwards in the league at creating turnovers, takeaways, intercepted passes, that sort of thing. He doesn't kill penalties, I guess, but like in terms of two-way play, not just defensive play, yeah, he's he's a really good. He's got that element to his game that other players don't have it was cool Who does? that many points.
0: Huh? Austin Matthews, yes. Austin Matthews is good at defense because they've been having an unbelievable puck possession year this season. When they get on the ice, they get the puck and they're in the offensive zone. If you have him in the defensive zone, you're telling me he's a good defensive player. You're, you're, Tim.
1: I'm not, I can't talk about this off the top of my head. Let me, let me make my case. I'll come back on Monday. Let's take the weekend. And <laughs> I'll come back and I 'll make my case, and but then yeah, you tell me that
0: Huberto's not a good defensive player. he's on their first penalty kill unit. Yeah, but it's not
1: <sighs> okay well see what. You tell me then why is why is Huberto not number one in the MVP conversation?
0: Because he doesn't play in a sexy market. That's exactly why he doesn't play in New York. He doesn't play in Toronto. He doesn't play in these big markets. No one talks about Florida because they're down tucked away in Florida. Tampa Bay has won the last two Stanley Cups, so whenever everybody talks about a team down there, it's always Tampa Bay. No one talks about Florida. No one ever talks about Florida. Huberto is playing with Sam Bennett and Anthony Duclair, and he's leading the league in points. Bad metric
1: last night. Those are good. Players. What's that? Bennett had What's a, hat, oh no, sorry, Reinhardt had a hat trick. I mixed those
0: two up. You do. Yeah. Imagine putting Huberto with like an absolute sniper like Austin Matthews. He is an unbelievable hockey player. No one talks about him because he plays with the Florida Panthers. That's exactly why. He's got 64 assists, him. The next closest, 51. 51. That's 13 more assists than the next closest guy. It's because he doesn't score goals. He's not Austin Matthews. He doesn't have a stupid mustache. He is an unbelievable hockey player. He even was getting dogged out for the Olympic team. People were, he wasn't like an automatic bid. I'm like, are you nuts? This guy's an unbelievable hockey player. He, he should win the MVP right now unless Kale McCarr gets 100 points. telling you right now, Tim. Shershkin wins the Vesna. Kale McCarr wins the Norris. Huberto wins the MVP. That's all it should be.
1: It's funny that the entire hockey world is talking about Matthews versus Shershkin.
0: That's the only two. And your and you're two top two MVP guys are McCarr and Huberto. Because I know hockey. No one else does. Everybody likes sexy goals, goaltenders. No. Good hockey player. Give me Jonathan Huberto. It's funny no one's talking about McDavid either. McDavid's right up there in points as well. When you want to know the top points, where do you think Matthews lands in the points? Huberto, McDavid, Drian Seidel, Gaudreau, and then Matthews. Matthews is fifth. Why is a guy who is in fifth place in points all of a sudden the MVP of the whole NHL? Why? Tell me. Tell me why. Because he scores well, a lot sorry. of goals. Goals Chicks and big market. Dig the long
1: ball. It's a joke. Absolute the reason he's joke. already been on the NHL cover twice.
0: He's been on it twice. Yeah. All his all his Stanley Cups. He's got so many rings. It's crazy. All his all his playoff wins. Guy's got more. Tom Brady has more Super Bowl rings than Austin Matthews has more playoff wins. He doesn't win. He doesn't win. I think this year he might change that, but he's not an MVP. Don't even get me started. All right. We had a rough night last night, Tim, with the points bet. It wasn't great. There was a lot of close games. I, I took the to Carolina. You know, I got that one. I lost a couple other ones, but we got to get back on the horse. I liked what we did, though. I liked the 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 thing that we did. So let's let's do that again. There was four games tonight. Do you want to do all of them? Let's do them all, baby. Come
1: on. All right. Vegas in Pittsburgh. Vegas is the underdog here. Pittsburgh's favors
0: 165. You take Pittsburgh without even hesitating, please. Vegas, they're coming off a big loss. They got to travel. They traveled last night. They're probably not going to have a pregame skate today. They're going to be out too. Yeah, he's been out for a while. They, they're they going to be bad, Tim. They're going to be bad. Pittsburgh's going to win. They're chomping at the bit. Crosby is not going to let them overlook the Vegas Gold Knights. So I, I'm taking Vegas. Next, we get the Wild and the Blue Jackets. Wait, you mean Blue, you're taking Penguins? I'm taking the Penguins, yeah. Sorry, I'm taking the Penguins. Wild Blue Jackets. Wild played last night. Overtime game. Very strenuous game. Who do you got Columbus? I'm taking Columbus. You know what? I'm going to take the wild back to back. I think, are we both doing picks? Or are we on the same boat? What should we do? There are no rules here. Who cares? Points spent. It doesn't matter. The jets, the Islanders. Who do you got? Uh, jets. The jets. I'm taking the jets too. In Winnipeg. I think the jets got it. Is it in Winnipeg? No, it's in, it's in New York on the it's Island. The... I'm still taking the jets. All right. Capitals Canucks in Vancouver, Canucks have been on fire. You know who I'm taking. You already know who I'm taking. I'm taking JT Miller, Quinn Hughes, Thatcher Demkel, the boys, Tyler Myers. Who are you taking? Absolutely, Canucks. No, we're all in. So listen, I want everybody to drain their bank accounts. I want you to do a four-pick parlay, everything. If you lose, Tim will repay you. Take the Penguins. Well, I'm taking the Wild. Take the Jets and take the Canucks. But if you want to be friends with Tim's, you take the Blue Jackets. Other than that, have yourselves a good weekend, everybody. Thank you for listening. We appreciate the support. Go out and give us a little five-star bing-bong on the old Facebooks or wherever you get it. But, yes, thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.